0: Hello and welcome to the Gaming Manifesto, the official podcast of CommieGamer.com. My name's Callie and I'm your host. Returning this week, I have Chief of Horror over at the Red Scare podcast, Bandit. Hello. And a very special guest all the way over from GamingSandbox.com, Odrin. Hello. Right. so as we do every week, let's kick off with uh, what you've been playing. Go for it, Odrin.
1: Um... Yeah, so the, first of all, thanks for having me on. No, it's, um, I, it's a pleasure. With those little intro bits, I, I, I never really get how people like, do you say hello?
0: Do you say like, what's up? Like, all those bits always kind of, <laughs> even after that. Like... I go with hello, I, I feel like I've got too posh a voice to really, like, rock a what's up. <laughs> so
1: yeah I, I don't think my voice is particularly attuned to it either but um, I'm gonna be honest right I, yeah no.
0: I was
2: changes uh, on red Scott I was changes every week because largely because we not because we like deliberately do it we just keep
0: forgetting what we said the previous week hmm. i've started writing it my keeps down. It fresh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think i've got um, mine fairly well tuned. I think if you were to just like take the opening of all of the podcasts i've done they'll probably all line up perfectly on a wave format like i think I'm, <laughs> I've, I've got it down to a robotic art anyway yeah distracted what can we hear what we've what we been playing
1: yeah so uh this week i started off by playing well it, it's kind of i finished playing it because i was playing it before this week um which is a short hike which is a a small little indie game by uh, adam robinson U, who's a, like a canadian indie developer um and he, he started this i think the game released initially back in i want to say 2018 um and then it got released on the switch in 2019 so i was playing it on the Switch because funnily enough, at the beginning of lockdown, I bought my Switch with the intention of having it for like a on-the-go console. And I picked it the worst time to buy it because who's going anywhere in the middle yeah. of COVID lockdown? <laughs> and then since um, I finally like, I, I went away to the West of Ireland to, to meet family for the first time in like 18 months. And um, I brought it with me and, and it, I I got a short hike because it is actually like, as the name would suggest, it's quite short, like it's only an hour. Um, and I just played it on the way down, because it's about a three-hour, four-hour drive. Um, I wasn't driving, just, I, to, just I, so that would be... <laughs> thanks for clarifying, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it's a really fun little game. I think a lot of people describe it as, like, like, kind of a... If you're into Animal Crossing, you like that sort of game. I'm not... I haven't played Animal Crossing myself, so I don't really have that, com- that comparison. Animal
0: Crossing is a bit like Farm Dew Valley, isn't it? Like, you're kind of growing crops and such. So is it that kind of thing, or...?
1: No, I, I suppose less so the gameplay wise. It looks kind of like strategy is what well, I should say, and it kind of sounds like it. So it's got like similar sort of like character looks and everything like with the big round heads and the small little bodies and whatnot. <laughs> and then it's got um, like the way in which people talk. It's like the the text comes up and it's just like or whatever, like like
2: a Harvest Moon style thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, like a Kazooie. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, that me calling it Animal Crossing is just me like having a lack of knowledge about the games. <laughs> I feel like at this point. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I I picked it up. It's only about seven euro, maybe six pounds. I think that is, um, and it's like, oh, it's just so good, man. I've I've played it about three times through at this stage because it's one of those games that like it's open world and it's quite short. But if you go exploring, you can find more little intricate details that you'd have missed out on on the first time. Um so I, I I'll probably go back to it another stage. It's 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 one of those perfect uh sort of more relaxed chill games that you'll play like there's no fall damage or damage in general that you can take in it so it's one of those games that i'd like stick on if i was just looking to relax for a bit like um but yeah i was playing that for for most part uh it's actually right up
0: my alley i love a relaxing game where there's no fret no peril peril and things that i just don't need in every game sometimes i just want to kick back and walk around
1: Yeah, no, it's funny because for like, when I started playing games, um, my first console was the Nintendo Wii, which makes me sound a lot younger than I actually am. I just got (laughs) consoles quite late. Um, And then I got the 360 afterwards. And for the most part, like outside of like Lego Star Wars, like all the games I used to play was like Halo 3, uh, Black Ops 1, like all these different games. So now my sort of perception of games has very much shifted away from like the FPS centric stuff I still love that genre like it's still a really close genre to my heart but like I like the more relaxed sort of um, short individual experiences stuff like stuff like a short hike Donut County is another good one as well by Ben Esposito. that one uh, love, the raccoon. love Donut He's County amazing. love Donut <laughs> County <laughs> yeah, no really um, like all those sort of like not stuff that you need to like think too hard about uh, I think. Um, that being said, I still love like Red Dead Redemption Two and all that sort of stuff, which is the complete polar opposite. So I, um, yeah.
0: I've, yeah, I've failed to get through Red Dead Redemption Two. It's great, I love it, but it's just yeah, mm. it's such a long game. There's so much to it. Um, I have got a short attention span, so that's why this short hike is actually appealing to me. So you can knock it out in about an hour.
1: Yeah, so What's about this? about an hour. I think an hour would be like you like properly like going through it like you will get diverted on certain elements and like want to go and see other stuff so maybe about an hour and a half is probably a bit more reasonable to say okay um but you can stretch it out to two or three hours i'd say if you wanted
0: so what's the actual gameplay like
1: um again it's just it, it's very simple like walking around you climb up like a mountain uh, you can glide because you're playing as a bird i should have mentioned that uh, yep is <laughs> the bird you're playing. <laughs> oh, as, okay. Um, and, like, I, I very that's why I mean the very Animal Crossing-like style. Like, everyone it is kind of, like, humanoid animals, I suppose. Um, and, like, uh, Claire is able to glide, and she picks up different feathers, which gives her, you know, uh, more, what's the word, like, flaps that she can, like, go <laughs> up a bit further. That's an awful word to use. I hate Phrase that word. Um...
0: <laughs> In context, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Don't take it
1: out of context, please. <laughs> but, like, yeah, pretty much, it, it, it's very basic, um, controls but i always feel like with games like that that are particularly short it's probably better to have like again Don't county is a perfect example of this i think Don't county is like the perfect length for the mechanics that you get because hmm. it doesn't stay long enough that you feel like it gets boring and it's not like too much to the point where it feels overwhelming and i feel like a short hike is kind of similar in that vein
0: also I like likely if that's called a short hike beat plays a bird notoriously an animal that doesn't particularly need to walk anywhere <laughs> Yeah, Unless you're that, 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 that
2: an ostrich. ostrich. Yeah. They have to walk. They can't fly.
1: No, no, no that's, <laughs> They're definitely not an ostrich. I, I haven't got the neck for it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, no, that, that's that's a short hike, really. I, I've been really enjoying that.
0: Okay, I actually will have to check that out. Cause it, yeah, small little indie games, things that don't take too long. So if I've played a few indies recently. Uh, Spiritfarer, um, mm. Bug Fable. They're cool. I'm enjoying-ish, but like, uh, it's too long. Like I, I haven't... I know. I looked into how much Spiritfarer is going to take. And it's like a forty-hour game.
2: I saw so- that game. Oh no, Sorry, I, go I sort of live my life playing indie games, bar like whatever Riot put out. To be honest, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think yeah. Uh, I think the most recently released indie game I played was like the full expansion of Backbone, like the full release of Backbone. Oh yeah, and I was so angry about that.
1: Oh, really? Oh, no, that's put me off it now. I I really want to play it. I love the look of the art style of it. It really draws me in. I mentioned
2: this, like, I wrote a review about it. I think it was the first proper review I wrote for the site as well, and it was like, the art style and the world it builds is definitely worth looking on its own, because that is fantastic. Hmm. I love the character, Howard, who's, like, the lead. I love him as a character. He is so interesting and he's a really good character. It's just... (laughs) I played the prologue, right, okay, play the prologue first, because the prologue's free on Steam, and it's, the prologue is really good, because then that's the plot hook, and then if you really, like, really want to know more, then I'd say buy the game, but I was disappointed by it, (laughs) honestly. See, I'd say, if if
0: you were disappointed by it, then maybe don't play the prologue, because it sounds like it's going to hype you up too much and be let down, just go straight in. Well,
1: I, I am of the belief that you can only be hyped up by a game if you have to pay for it. Whereas if you get it on Game Pass because it's on PC for Game Pass, Which it is, you yeah. can play for free. Yeah, <laughs> mm. um, I feel like that changes perception of games quite a bit actually. Because there's been a load of like really bad games that I played on Game Pass that I've ended up enjoying. And I feel like if I pay money for them, I wouldn't want to.
0: I didn't. I haven't gone around to listen to your episode on it, but I've now feel like I can because I've played it myself. Uh, the Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh-huh. So <laughs> oh, I actually played it the weekend no i i liked it it's fine i mean i think i played it with my partner um we put on too higher difficulty for for just us like it was a slog getting through it so we got to the end of a mission and was like okay next time we're just going to drop it a bit yeah there's yeah. glitches we died and sometimes respawned and it was just a pair of legs but you know i've got like that I was endearing <laughs> if anything so i take i, I yeah. say spoilers for your episode here but what do you think <laughs>
1: Well, I see. The thing is because I was away for that episode I didn't actually play it um, (laughs) which is funny but I I I mean I am actually perfectly fine with not playing it because those sort of like looter based RPG games have never really been for me like if you go and listen to like a very similar game in a similar genre Outriders if you go and listen to our episode on Outriders I still reference Outriders to this day as being just disgustingly bad and I hate it with every fibre of my being (laughs) Uh, and I'll always bash it every time every chance I get but I don't hate it because i didn't pay for it if Mm. i paid like 40 or 50 quid for it i would be really annoyed at it because it's so fundamentally boring and broken in some areas um like i've seen a few reviews of Dark Alliance, and I hate, like, basing my opinion off in a re- of a review, I'd like to play it, but, like, the way it is at the moment, like, the stuff I'm doing, I don't have time to play all the games <laughs> that come to Game Pass, I don't think anyone has all the time I, to, to play all the games that come I to Game Pass, I but... think
2: you actually pinpointed what, one of the reasons I was so annoyed at Backbone, <laughs> because the full release was, like, £25, and hmm. if you'd already played the prologue, you could skip ahead, which, admittedly, I like that feature, but at the same time, it means you're only getting, like, five hours of gameplay, if that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, I... I Got backbone. Five bone. bucks an hour. Well, the thing is, right, I got backbone, and I put my friend stream on in like just in the background, so like to half pay attention to. And mm-hmm. he was still streaming by the time I'd finished it. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw me saying, "This game's really good. Things are starting to ramp up." And then it's just sort of like, "Oh all right, okay, yeah." If you have a chance to get it for free, get it for free. But like, yeah, I saw like there was a few things that came on the game pass that I really did like. What remains of Edith Finch is on there, which mm-hmm. I think is one, one of the best games of all time. Like, no question. Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm a little bit more forgiving of paying money um, and the game not being as good as I intend to be if it's an indie game. Yeah. Just purely for the fact, because I know they have a small... Like, Raw Fury, the guys who are, like, publishing um, Backbone, like, they have a really good track record of good indie games. Like, West of Dead is probably one of my favourite games from them. Uh, Nightcall is another one that was really good. They've all been on Game Pass, and i played them all through there. But, like, 25, yeah, it, it can be quite annoying if you get don't get the much much out of it but like in comparison to say something like outriders which is like done by square enix like i'd expect a level of polish from that yeah not that i don't expect polish from backbone but uh, i think i'm a little bit more forgiving of backbone not being lived up to like all the hype i have for it if it's like an indie title, if, if that makes no, sense. Just so say with
0: Backbone, like, I, I didn't know about it at all. Um, the only reason why I do know about it is because of your negative review and it's made me kind of want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it had the opposite effect, so well well done. Yeah, they should, with... they should hire me instead, you know, I'll, I'll <laughs> make just money back with negative press.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look, like, it's... it's better than no press, like, maybe. It's got good reviews on Steam, and mm. if people enjoy the game, more power to them. It's just that mm. I didn't and because yeah. even they i said there's a lot of stuff i do like about the game i just think the potential for it was wasted because they didn't they set up some stuff that was like there's mechanics that they set up that weren't were only used once more in the game after the prologue and it was like well why would you introduce them as a key part of the mechanic and like it's just, hmm. there's a lot of dialogue trees which i don't mind in games when it's all dialogue like as i say what remains of the finch does it really well but it's really jarring when you've got this sort of like dystopian art deco noir kind of thing where everything's an anthropomorphic animal and mammals are still in the higher uh, still like the hierarchy but then they use terms like big brain which is like a really modern term it is a bit jarring
0: it's not even a term i know that's how modern that term it, is Or <laughs> you said big brain big brain big brain oh i know big brain sorry if you said egg brain i was like okay this is this is some youth thing <laughs>
2: This is I'm not I'm not that much younger than you, dude.
0: <laughs> Settle down, Sonny. Ah. And with uh talking about O no not Overwatch. Outriders. <laughs> like yeah, that is <laughs> Well, that, Two very is, um, games, yeah. that is a game though like I, I agree, I I'm not a real fan of anything lootery shootery. Um I don't like my weapon upgrades to have like a ton, you know, even like Destiny, it's a kind of a cool game. But when it's like mm. it was by the Halo people, Halo is perfect, it's got a certain amount of guns; they all do their set thing. You don't yeah. have to get like an assault rifle with a plus two additional, you know, damage, and that is a bit of a waste. But with the D and D, there was a storyline there, and I think I'm just quite a fanboy of um of like anything in the Dungeons and Dragons world. So yeah, I was quite forgiven yeah. of it. I'm sure.
1: I, I think <laughs> yeah, that genre is always... oh no, sorry, go on there, Bandon. I was going to say I think I'll stick to actual D and D to be honest. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's always
1: more fun with actual D and D as well. well agreed. <laughs> yeah um i yeah that genre like um the sort of like i suppose it's technically a live service genre at this stage like it, like you could lump see a thieves in with all that as well uh, i have never been a fan of like because because i like to jump around with games i play like i'm not one of those people that will religiously play the one game like for years uh, so like with stuff like destiny like i picked up destiny when it was on sale this is when i went up north like because we don't have game in ireland um and I got it for like twenty pound in game, like a year after it came out. I think there was like a load of people who were like hating on it at the time. Um and I picked it up for twenty pound and I played like halfway through the main story because the story was a weird sense because you had to be certain level to progress through the story so there'd be times in the middle of the story you'd be getting into it and then it's like okay now go grind out some like arena matches so yeah. you can level up to 15 and i was like well i just i, I want to get the story and leave like i'm not a multiplayer fan like i live in ireland my internet can barely run like a zoom call <laughs> let alone play a game of slayer um but yeah and then i came back like two years later to give destiny go and then i realized they, they've completely like taken out the entire like original campaign and it's a completely different game now um but like what I mean by it, like like I think D&D Dark Lines is a good thing to get into it like now if you want to get into it and it'll probably get better over time but I think there's examples of that not working like the Avengers game is a perfect example it's still bad like after like since it's come out um and like i hate going into a game that like if i miss a week or if i'm not playing it for a week i feel like i've missed out on like a year's worth of content or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they've just had like these random reskinned boss battles or something and people are like like there's so much filler content in between the stuff that's actually worth playing and you kind of need to play that filler content to be of a good enough level to actually play the stuff that's worth playing it just seems like such like, like it is a grind and i think that's the, like this is the purpose of the genre but it's just never for me like i like my experiences where i can just play through a story for like six to ten hours and like then call it that and then like it, come back to
2: it if it's, I want to. It is one of the reasons why I got put off of MMOs in general, just because um I have I've played like Neverwinter, I've played DC Universe, um I've played Wow, well, I've played diff, like a few others. Uh the Star Wars one was one which I kept with for quite a while and I did enjoy the Star like Wars. Like
0: you one. say I get put off MMO RPGs, but you've played literally all of them by the sounds.
2: It's because I don't like discounting them entirely as a genre. Yeah, no. Because there's a lot of stuff in them that I do like. It's just the, it's the grind that I never that I can never sit with. Like, Mm. it just it feels so inorganic to me because it's like you said. It's if you especially if there's a story or there's a lore setting behind it where you say, well, you do this to... And now you have to go do this. And it's like, alright, okay. And then you go to go to this bad guy's door and says, oh, you need to be level 35. And it's like, well, why didn't you let me get to level 35 in the previous mm. 10 hours of story I've played? Mm. Um, I, I'm probably going to repeat the same process when Riot released their MMO in about five years' time. <laughs> like, they've already announced that they're doing it and they've got one of the WoW devs to do it as well. But, like... Um,
0: so, I, I, um, I, I, I you know, my buddy plays the Final Fantasy fourteen. And, like, they are games where you are just a rat in a cage pressing a button until food occasionally drops out. That is all that those are to me. I can't see past it. Like, I tried playing it, I tried getting into it, and it just wasn't for me. There's nothing really happening that I'm actually making, you know, making happen. So if I click on the thing, or I right-click on the thing, my spell happens, but they just take it like a, you know, like a bullet sponge, there is no reaction from them, and then they might drop a piece of armour. But you mentioned the Sea of Thieves, like, I used to play that a whole lot, until it mm-hmm. just took over too much of my uh, time, and, like, now I go back and occasionally have played with my brother, who I used to play it with, and he's got all the fancy emotes and costumes, yeah. and I'm like, damn, oh, yeah, I wish I had that barrel, but, like... I love Sea of Thieves. You have to put I... so much time in to get that stuff.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, like, the only thing in Sea of Thieves you get when, like, you... Invest into It's cosmetics, and like that, yeah. I think that's where the business model's done right. Like you can enjoy the game without putting a penny into it, outside of the upfront cost, and that's why I like Sea of Thieves done the way it is. But I do understand it, it is kind of disheartening when you're sitting on a shitty wooden butt and then you see someone who's walking is like slugging around on the Titanic. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's fine. Like I have no issue issue with Sea of Thieves. It is a good model, as you say. There isn't like a pay to win. Your skill is your skill. Like. But oh. I just couldn't keep going back every week to try and grind out the uh, same sort of mission to try and get the specific things. I could did it for a while, but every session you play is basically gonna be five hours if you want to sell your stuff. Well, there's no no shorter amount of time on it. I'm gonna actually have my yeah. uh, my brother on here representing Sea of Thieves at some point. <laughs> so if he listens to this, he's gonna absolutely hate me for slagging off in the slag <laughs> I... <laughs> at all. Yeah,
1: I do think in fairness though, Sea of Thieves is kind of. Like, it's different to Destiny in a way. Is like, when you go into Destiny with, like, a group of friends, you're very much, like, set out to go and do, like, some raid or something. Mm. Whereas, like, if you go into Sea of Thieves, you can just go out with your friends and, like, piss about for an hour, like, and just, like, go around different boats, or whatever, and maybe you stumble across, like, a kraken or something. Like, it, it is, like, it's, in, it's fun in that sense. Like, the amount of times I've gone to Sea of Thieves like I've done nothing I've like sat around maybe done the, like the emo for like playing a, like an instrument or something and then like just watched my friends do all the work and like we've had very fun on it like um, you're the worst kind of person but it, <laughs> you are a terrible
0: one <laughs> you're just um, sitting there watching as we dig up the well, chest it's, it's, the, only, the only,
1: the only reason I do that is if I tried to do anything of substance I'd probably crash the server with my internet like so <laughs> it's not it's not worth the risk I don't think
0: I like how you can be telling them that as they're all working hard finding all the crosses you're just going I'm actually doing you guys a favour. Th- if I was to play, we'd all be kicked out.
1: I I am the guy at the front of the rowing boat with the microphone. Like, they are the ones <laughs> doing the work, but I am the one, you know, keeping them going. Uh, the, Valuable
2: the work. Best, the best role with the least effort put in is the scout, where you just sit in the crow's nest with your with your with your uh, eye of reach and you look and see. There's a ship there. There's another ship there. Oh, that's one. Northeast. Up. There's a rock there. <laughs> so best role it has, you know and then like me and my friends all clamber for that role because like none of us are bad at driving the ship or anything it's just that we hate doing it (laughs) yeah
0: i think i was hating driving the ship that's uh it's kind of a major feature of sea of thieves i feel
2: no it's just like we don't have an objection to doing it it's just that we'd Mm. rather not do it if we had the option
3: everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too
2: I'm. Look, I'm. I'm scared of water, and I love Sea of Thieves.
0: <laughs> how, how beautiful is the water? The <laughs> it Thieves, is absolutely though, like, gorgeous, and that's why it scares can't me. Be scared of it because <laughs> you're just tempted to dive in. I'm, no, <laughs> I'm not tempted to dive in. but Quite the opposite.
2: I, I avoid going in the water as much as I can, if I can help it. Yeah, mm.
1: Fair. I tell you, you definitely will not like Subnautica. Oh, if you I've ever played, played that. Subnautica.
2: I got. <laughs> I got to wear those. I can't. I don't know what they're called, but they're the things that launch out of a rock and then explode it. Yeah, and I, I decided then mm. <laughs> that the, 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 that's not my game.
0: Does Moscow <laughs> have those big crab spiders? Yeah, yeah. it does. It's, yeah. a, it's F- got
1: everything. <laughs> if you can think about anything that would be scary in the ocean, it has it.
0: Bear Malév, mm. has anyone played Soma? Uh, no, no but been... that's an underwater horror game i saw it was cheap the other day on um game pass not game pass sorry just on xbox I got... and i got tempted but then i was like okay this is just me getting all ballsy because i've played a horror <laughs> game recently like <laughs> I, I am gonna absolutely shit myself if i try and play that i uh hmm.
2: i got recommended it a lot after we did the horror episode where me and holly came on and the, 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 uh, yeah, the yeah, horror yeah. games episode which you still blame us for for getting a horror podcast, but you know
0: not blame is a good thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you said on Twitch. <laughs> um, but like I got so many recommendations off that to play Soma and I'm like okay, like I it's underwater so I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> I'll rule it out straight away yeah. if it's underwater.
0: I think it's underwater in the um the Bioshock sense.
2: Yeah but that's still underwater. Bioshock's different okay. because the water never plays a part in it. Like
0: Weird so- question then. If you're underground, what's that does that count?
2: No, because that a ground is famously not water. It's quite the opposite. Yeah, no,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. But what if you're under... You know what? I understand. It's <laughs> fine. So anyway, um, we should probably... Unless you've uh, been playing anything else, anyone want to um, jump on?
2: I've been arguing with the company that's meant to be sending my PC out. They finally sent it back out. Okay. It, it was a motherboard problem, apparently. I found out today. They sent in an email mm. saying that, oh, we fixed the fault. Okay, what was the fault? And they didn't have to this, be honest I, as
0: an IT tech you don't need to know
2: it's uh, fine. <laughs> to, to be honest as a person who paid a lot of money for it I need to know <laughs> out of morbid curiosity <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: it, fair it, enough. it was a fault with the motherboard so it wasn't the most expensive part of the PC like everyone assumed it was but you know so I should have that by the end of the week so I'll get to play more games and hey. not, not cry <laughs> at the frame rate drop
0: it's fine. We're going to be doing some sort of playthroughs or something sometime soon, so we can get on that.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: in fact, you mentioned before, sorry, Adrian, uh, the Hellblade.
1: Yes, Hellblade: uh, Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, For... no, I I'm playing that at the moment as well.
0: Is that your first time through it, or? Ye- yeah,
1: no. I see. I did an interview a while back with Gareth Coker, who you know is like the composer of Ori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a... And he he mentioned before, like, um, Hellblade was a game I should look at, because it's, like, one of those... G- and he said, like, there's certain games that you need to play with your headphones on, and he said Hellblade is, like, a game you should play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realise how important that actually was until actually playing it, because it has that... Um, I don't know, do you, have, have either of you played Hellblade? Um,
2: yeah, I haven't.
1: Yeah, well, like, Callum, you'll, you'll know, like, Hellblade has the, like binaural audio like uh, the best way I could describe it is it has that ASMR audio thing Ah. it's like um, where like it almost seems like there's someone in your ear or something just whispering Um, (laughs) yeah which the funny thing about it is really weird is because like I've heard ASMR before I've no problem with it like it's one of those things that actually puts me to sleep (laughs) but like the funny like that's not the thing you want when you're playing like this weird cycle like the the whole point of the binaural audio in Hellblade is to is to be like uh, Sen was like schizophrenia um i'm <laughs> playing through that like i think i got about 35 minutes in and i was like nearly asleep because it was just like whispering in my ear constantly i was like oh i'm about to fall asleep like i need to take a break <laughs> this is like two o'clock in the middle of the day like um and but I, I came back to it again recently and it's funny because it's actually like everyone keeps saying it's like oh xbox's version of god of war mm. uh, and like i mean like that's kind of a lazy way to describe it. i think because it's just literally just <laughs> it's just norse mythology really um and it kind of has like it like has a similar vibe I suppose wait wait, um,
2: wait is it the game where you have to kill like the giant creatures in whatever thing or am I th-
1: are you thinking of Shadow of the Colossus no, it's,
2: it, no I know Shadow of the Colossus is I, I love that game but like okay. this is a game I saw um, IGP's played it but like a few other people have as well that I've seen online where it's, it's like a Shadow of the Colossus thing but it's, it's heavily inspired by Norse mythology so when you thought that where you when you said it's it's I think a it, bit like God of War oh, so I, but then Norse mythology uh. but then it's like
3: oh
0: it made me think that
3: I don't, I don't think,
0: think so, so. No. Like um, I haven't I one <laughs> so like uh, the with Hellblades you, the things you're fighting are normally just you know human well bigger than human size but they're not like giant things but it is uh, it is Norse inspired and you do have like moments where you you've got Fenra but it's not really Fenrir. like if you're in the dark for too long you get kind of... Uh, well, you die. Yeah, It's, it's, it's definitely like, not what I was thinking of then. <laughs> no. It's no. A, it's actually really cool. I, like, I don't understand... I'm not really sure if I get the whole connection to um, God of War. Really, cause God of War is like a hack and slash kind of game. Whereas Senya yeah. is... An, it's more of a walking kind of puzzle solver with the occasional fight. Yeah, really. the combat
1: isn't that intrinsic either. Like, It's quite easy to get the hang of. Yeah. Um, I think the only reason people compare it to God of War is because it's the only sort of like similar like looking game that xbox has mm. um like i'm of the camp i don't really like god of war 2018 anyways so um like i can kind of see where the comparisons come from like there is no jump button which i, I hate in games like like it's it's just a personal peeve because i think it's like <laughs> it's like when you can see areas of a map where you can clearly like walk or jump over but your character's just incapable of jumping but yet they can like i don't know die and come back to life like i'm just like how do your legs not work but you can regenerate it's just like yeah I, i i always just kind of see that as almost like i get that it's probably like there's crunch and everything but whenever i see like areas that i know i can walk to in real life but i can't actually go there because they've like not allowed me to jump i kind of feel like it's almost bad level design in a sense to be honest that's
0: that's so many games like where you have like just a single stick lying across your path or like a ladder that's you know on its side and you could just step (laughs) over it but you know that's not the way they want you to go
1: (laughs) yeah there was like there was the whole thing i remember a load of people were like i think clowning on playstation or naughty dog whatever like they announced that there'd be a jump button in the last of us part two <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, look at this! Like revolutionary gameplay right here from from Naughty Dog, who th- the creators of Crash Bandicoot have discovered." Jump, like it's just oh no. But I I do quite, I like like again. It's a short enough game; it's about eight hours long. Um, I quite like it. It is. I do think I do think more games should utilize the audio in it, that in a sense, like not as maybe as intensely as Hellblade does, but I think they should have more surround sound based audio. Mm um like because i played a few games on xbox now and like like i can st- like i always wear my headphones when playing a game like it- it's one of those things that like once you play with headphones it's like it feels almost cheap to not play them with it anymore um so like whenever i play a game like now yeah most of them have surround sound but it'll be very basic surround sound like hellblade is very much like if you get closer to the fire like you will hear it very distinctly in one ear as opposed to like just your headset and i think that's really cool um but yeah, no it's a fun game. It's a little bit like I st- I still don't understand really what's going on, but <laughs> oh, yeah, like I I do enjoy I don't it nonetheless. Know what's
0: really happened at the end of it. Like I'm not yeah. sure are you, whereabouts did you are you at at the moment?
1: I have just uh finished uh the fight with Valravan, uh which is like the one of the two uh, gods you have to fight before you can get to Helheim. Um and I've done that one. Um <laughs> I don't know if that means I'm far in or if I've just still near the beginning yet. Okay. Um, was there
0: anything to do with fire? Doo doo doo.
1: No, the one I was <laughs> looking at was, um, you know, you to line up the symbols.
0: Sure, I think I think you're quite near the beginning, to be honest. Still, but it sounds a bit. Then there's oh, um, there, there's some sections like like which aren't particularly fun coming up where they're um. Spoilers. They're, uh, yeah, spoilers. I'm not gonna tell you exactly what happens here, but you're basically <clears> wandering <throat> around in the dark, trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to like, you know, where you're supposed to be going, and it's um. that's the bit that puts me off replaying it, because I want to, because, like, I've got, uh, now I've got the Series X, and, you know, I've got a fancy, shiny TV, which should make it look really good, but, uh, Hmm. but yeah, knowing it's got these bits puts me off massively. That,
1: yeah, that is, that's another part that kind of annoys me about it, because, obviously, Hellblade, like, it's a game, but it almost feels like an interactive movie in some points, because it's like, there's only one way you can go, and everything is so, like, stringently blocked off and you can't get mm. by it even though you think you can. Like, you, like I found myself walking around for, like, 10-15 minutes trying to figure out where I'm meant to be going. Um, and then when you see it, it's like, oh yeah, it's just this one way you can go. Like, there's no creativity, I suppose, involved in it. Um, it's the, um, it's mi- what
0: kind of gets put with uh, Sony games, isn't it? Like, you know, walking simulators or, like, over-the-shoulder third-person action games, which... I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing. I mean, I, I I get why people kind of come with the mocking of it being all the same, but yeah, Xbox doesn't really have much of that. So like, I guess having Hellblade, that is the equivalent of the third mm. over-the-shoulder it's cam game.
1: Saying that though, it, it's not a bad game. I still really like it. Mm. It's just it, it can be a bit frustrating at times.
0: I'm hyped for the next one. Just just on the looks mm. alone, though, like some of the uh, oh. bits they've released on it just look phenomenal.
1: I don't know what they're going to do though like cuz they like they haven't started development of it yet and it's meant to be coming out next year and like I am just thinking like oh my god those poor like QA testers and like all the developers that are going to be going through so much crunch for that game now.
0: Have they um, you say they've not started development?
1: No, they were out in Iceland I think like yeah. getting like geo imagery and everything. Like that may well be a lot of it probably. I don't know how much the development process is. Now this is just my, you know, Dumb little journalist brain, like going away. Like I know nothing about game design, but like when I hear that somebody hasn't started like development, I'm kind of like, oh my god, they haven't started making the game yet. I'm really worried. <laughs> um, but no, that's probably not the case. I'm probably talking through my arse here, and like they've probably started like loads of stuff. um But I I do always get kind of worried when it's like when I see a game that they're like, okay, we're out nice, and we got all this like imagery and everything, and we're now starting development, and then it's like it's coming out next year, and I'm like it's not that I don't think they can do it, it's just I I always kind of worry for the workers themselves, because it's like, I just know they're going to be doing, like, 16, 18 hour shifts some days, and it's just going to be, like, extremely draining on them. And then you, like, look at the likes of, say, Insomniac Games, who, like, released Crash Bandicoot, uh, not Crash Bandicoot, who released uh, Ratchet and Clank there recently, and there was no crunch time involved, and that game's phenomenal. Uh, And I just always feel like, why do other companies, like, feel this need to, like, release something, like, at a very specific time? Like, the one good thing about COVID I will say is that it made a lot of companies push back their games mm. um, and I feel like it made them feel almost a little bit more confident that they could do that in the future um, like obviously I'm disappointed Halo was pushed back, obviously I'm disappointed like Back for Blood and all that was pushed back but like at the end of the day like if it means that the people working on it have more time to work on it and it's a better game, I'm going to be fine with that.
2: Um, I agree with you on that point like it's it's such a rare thing to say one of the upsides of COVID but like the pandemic has is, is like having pushed a lot of things back, it has helped things. But um the one gripe I had about pushing stuff back was um The Ruined King, which was meant to come out early twenty twenty one. And you know, as we are aware now, we're in the middle of twenty twenty one, approaching the last quarter in terms of games. Uh, game dev. And um the issue then stands to reason is when it's connected to League of Legends and Legends of Runeterra because it all takes place in the same universe. It's all about the same characters and the events that are going on in uh, the League of Legends lore now. People they don't seem to gel very well because we were meant to have had the Ruined King by this point. All oh, right, so, so they like, got
0: like a connected universe, and well, one part's holding the rest back.
2: It all takes place in the same universe, and like yeah. But, and it's sort of like, well, we'd we know what happened for definite if we had the Ruined King game, but because we don't have that, we don't know. And, like, we can only theorize. And obviously, I'm still going to play through the Ruined King regardless. I'm still going to buy the game and love it. Because, <laughs> um, the, uh, it's Riot, Riot Forge who have, uh, like, sort of bullied some companies to, like, make some games for them um like the the devs i can't remember the names of the devs but they have like quite a nice back catalogue of like nothing too hectic but nothing too simple either it's always like quite nice games this is a dungeon crawler mm. and it's sort of like it's paving the way for the mmo i think as well to an extent it's a test of the mm. waters but we are still we're still waiting for that and like i've been like i've had my eye on like release date says coming 2021 and it's like yeah but it said that like at the start of 2021 when we we're expecting it in spring and it's now july <laughs> at time of recording mm. and it's like yeah, it's a bit of a pin in the ass to be honest but see, I, yeah.
0: I, I really don't mind and like i think with um like cyberpunk and the horrible launch they had oh, so like oh. i mean i, I know people have played it and it was you know fine for them it barely broke at all but uh a lot of people seem to be a lot more forgiving on the game delays now because they're like okay well we see what happens when we try and you know get them to rush it out so it's fine take your time like you say with halo yeah good if they would released that as it was and it wasn't good it would have been a lot worse than just delaying it by a year
1: yeah in in fairness with the bigger titles i think it's almost it's okay to delay like a title that isn't like some huge franchise already like the halo one obviously i'm happy they delayed but like the knock-on effect that's had to, like... Because, obviously, Halo isn't just a game. Like, it it, it has its own shows. Like, it's going to have a TV... Well, mm. I say it's going to have a TV show. That thing's been, like, in production for, like, 10 years. Like, I'll probably be dead by the time it comes out. But, <laughs> yeah. like, they have, like, all of their marketing stuff at the moment. Like, people are getting leaks, like, about, like, what's coming in Halo Infinite through, like, the Mega blocks line they have. Which is, like... I mean, that's clearly because, <laughs> like, the timeline for Halo Infinite coming out was meant to come out last year. And, uh, like, they had all these toys planned. So, they have to release them. Because, like, they need to sell their stuff and make their money back. So it's, like, I feel like if it's connected to, like, a bigger marketing franchise in that sense, like, stuff for Halo is going to be so, like, people are kind of going to get annoyed at it. But I I do think overall, from a gameplay standpoint, yeah, the year is going to make such a big difference. Um, I'm maybe happy these... that, like... Sorry. No, go on.
0: I was going to say, maybe, maybe these, uh they shouldn't just announce the game if they know. If they can't guarantee when it's going to come out, like but this was to launch alongside series X like even the box art on the um series X is a, you know master chief of course so i can see why mm. they were desperate to try and try and get it out for for release but yeah it would be it would probably be better if they just were to go yeah last coming a year later and we you know yeah. not even announce the original
1: date but they do i in fairness though they do need to like they need to do they sorry they need to do, they need to have a like an end point like you can't like i like i think any creative type knows like if you don't put a date on when something's gonna happen you're just gonna keep pushing it back because you're not gonna be happy with it Mm. um yeah like even now they haven't they haven't put a date on when Halo's coming out it's coming out holiday 2021 it's like okay is that like december is that november like when's the beta coming out we know nothing about the beta and this game's going to be coming out in the holiday and it's nearly well yeah nearly august it's like i would i would prefer a bit more like if you, I think at least from a consumer standpoint and, you know, we talk about, I, I think Game Pass kind of mitigates this a little bit, but, you know, you talk about people, I, I can't remember if you guys remember the whole thing about the Days Gone, the, like, controversy with John Garvin talking about, like, how if you want a game to do well, you should pre-order it yeah, and stop yeah. being cheap oh, shits or whatever. No. And, like, <laughs> oh, and like, no. it was, like, it was in such a weird, weird place because in one hand you can be, kind of be like... Yeah, I get that he's passionate about his game, but he's, like, being angry at, like, the completely wrong people here. (laughs) Like... Gamers who like for the last years, uh, like last like ten plus years, who've been missold on a load of games and mm. pre-ordered them, and then have had shit given to them. Like they're obviously not going to pre-order a game that they don't know is going to be good. Specifically when it's from a, like a game like Days Gone that has no background or predecessors towards. That was it. a good game though, in um, fairness. That was a pretty good game in fairness. Yeah, <laughs> it's an absolutely it's a quality game, which is really annoying because now I hate John Caravan. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, but like you know, you look at that and like. Now, now I look at Game Pass and I think that kind of mitigates that because you like, I'm not going to pre order Halo Infinite, I'm just going to get it on Game Pass. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing to say, <laughs> I think that's what they intend for it. Um, but again, like, it would put it like those people who are going to pre order it, like, it would put their mind at ease if they like, if somebody came out like specifically at E3, they like they needed to say when it was coming out. Like, people have been waiting a year, like, even if they just said a date and then like they did the Cyberpunk and, and they were like, oh, we're pushing it back a week, like they should have done something like that to just give people an idea of what they can be looking forward to because how are you meant to be hyped for a game when you don't know it's coming out?
2: Yeah, but at the same time, if you treat it like a movie, you say, right, um, because uh, gaming as an art, as a form of entertainment is still in its infancy in comparison to movies, TV, and obviously everything is a child when compared to books, right? But if hmm. you have a movie, you can say that, oh, in, I don't know, 20, say in 2023, we get another cyberpunk game, for the sake of argument. They announce it now, right? You just say it's coming in 2023. We don't announce when it is. It gets to the middle of 2022. You start throwing teasers out because Rockstar did that with Grand Theft Auto. They start putting the uh, the guerrilla marketing stuff out with the the cigarette brands and all that stuff just turning up on random websites. And then it gets to the top of 2023. You say it's coming November, and then you've got enough hype. And by that point, you've sort of orchestrated enough. Time to feasibly say delays are coming because Disney have done that with their uh, phase four MCU. Like, they've got dates for mm. all the series on Disney Plus and all the movies that are coming out. Um, but we've not like the said dates, we've we know they're coming out in like say 2021, 22, 23, but we don't know when in that time we have unless it's say due this year. If you, yeah, suppose you yeah. could if you did that with games, it'd probably be better, but then. I think pe- people yes. just got annoyed at I, Cyberpunk because Keanu Reeves was in it, and he told them it was going to be amazing like four years ago, <laughs> and then it turned out to be <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs>
0: hmm. Game, I mean, I've heard it's really good, but like I um, said, I've seen it play and it's fine. But yeah, in like I heard Bethesda did this with like Fallout or something, like the you know good ones, where they announce it sort of six months before it's released, not you know, like, they don't even sort of tell you about it till then, like, and I think yeah. that kind of that's would work That's a Bethesda better. thing,
1: though. Yeah. That's a Bethesda thing, though. They always do that, like, if they have a game, they'll they, like it be like, oh, it's coming at the end this year, like, they release it in, like, summer. But, like, that's what I mean, though, like, like, yeah, you know when an MCU movie's coming out what year, but, like, when you're in July, like, halfway through the year, and the game is meant to be coming out in, like, we we we're going to say november because that's when everyone's everyone's like thinking it's going to coincide with the 20th anniversary of Halo Combat Evolved that's why i assume yeah um and like if you if it comes out in november like we don't know when a beta is coming out it's it like they're all saying oh sign up and the beta will be out soon it's like like you you need to give them something like no like you can only like i get halo's a big franchise but you can only string along people for so long on this idea that it's coming out like and particularly if you're not going to like if you were, I feel like if you were to commit to a date and then it got delayed, I think people would be annoyed. Yes, but they'd be less annoyed if you just didn't tell them when it was coming out and you just like swept it under the rug and you're like, oh no, it's not actually coming out in December; it's coming out in January or something. Like, you know, I, like something definitive would be nice. Now, I think. See, maybe that's just me being entitled, though. <laughs>
0: well, I like, I like. I think I've got a um, different view on it because I fail to get excited at anything, so I, I don't think mm. I'm like really good at being marketed to. <laughs> Like, I don't care. Like, I, I'm quite jazzed, I guess, for, like, Fable that they kind of announced. When's it coming out? Yeah, no, I'm probably going to still be alive. <laughs> like, I'll pick it. I'll play it then. I've got enough stuff I'm playing at the moment, but I honestly can't think of the last time I was, like... You know, I can't wait for this to come out because I'm like, oh, I can wait. I think <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm I'm probably just not the good person to market things to, really. <laughs> I was
2: the last time I was super excited, like proper excited for a game was No Man's Sky, like on release, and mm-hmm. we all know how that turned out. <laughs> but like, I was like, I was I was so excited. I did um, I looked at all like some sort of the uh, feedback of the graphics, and I watched like quite a few of the interviews, and I was super super stoked. I was like, got ready to play yeah. it. So you know, save, uh, got paid the day it came out so shot the money in the bank on my way on from work went uh, went and bought it and then played it for about an hour and i thought this is actually terrible <laughs> yeah that's the thing
1: like i like generally now and i'm the same with films oh i was supposed to kind of start with films i don't watch trailers um because i feel like you get like the trailers are so now i say that and i watched all of e3 so <laughs> who am i really to judge um <laughs> I try, not to, I try not to watch, like, the really... Like, for movies, I won't watch trailers because I like to go to the cinema and not have an idea, like, of, like, I don't want to have predetermined expectations. Um, but, like, for games, I'll watch the trailers, but I won't go beyond the trailers. Like, I won't watch any of these, like, developer interviews or, like... I don't even know if the general audience watch the developer stuff anyways. Like, I feel like you kind of have to be really invested to do that. But, like, even with the Halo stuff, like, I haven't dealt... I, like, I don't read the monthly insider articles or whatever. I just leave that stuff, like one because i hate reading which is really bad because i write Um, and the the other thing is like it's just i just i don't want to get too involved in it because if it ends up being a disappointment then i feel like i've wasted time on it Mm. um and again as i mentioned at the beginning of the episode like i don't stick to one game for very long anyways so being overly hyped on something is going to make me like it's not going to really change how long i play it um I might as well be playing a different game at that stage and enjoying that at the time.
2: I'd like to say that I'd like to say I'd like to say that I don't stick for, to like one game for too long, but I've played League for eleven years, so.
0: <laughs> okay, <now. laughs> yeah, I'm I'm scatterbrained too. Like I jump. I it's also a kind of curse of Game Pass with so many things. I you know, I think most people probably do this, and it is possibly one of the only negatives of Game Pass is I'll start a game and then something new will come out, and I will jump to that mm. and. Like my back catalog's just piling and piling up. I say I'm not excited about things, by the way. But the, uh, Halo is possibly one of the only ones I'm—I don't know if excited's the right word—but I did see the sort of like advert for the uh, the multiplayer, and it did bring back a lot of you know good memories from college. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping back into that as a kind of competitive multiplayer thing.
2: I'm kind of excited to play like a decent battle royale game for the first time because I was like. <laughs> You know, I've seen like people play Warzone, and I, I I like Call of Duty, and I've I tried playing Warzone on the PC I'm using currently, and I survived because I decided to go prone straight away. Just while just while I was sorting stuff out, and it, the frame rates were that low that by the time I died, seventy five other people had died, <laughs> and I just hadn't stood up because the frames were that low. I was like, I really want to give it a go because it looks like such a good good such a good game. It looks like a lot of fun to play.
1: Yeah. I just want to say, I said I don't get excited for stuff. If you invite me back on here in October, November, I will quite happily sing the Halo theme song, put on a helmet, like, <laughs> put <on> the armor, <laughs>
0: like, I don't care. like. Um, but yeah. It's the same. I'm excited once I've got it. Like, if I had, like, a gig ticket booked until I'm actually there, I guess maybe I've got a cynical part in mind that's just thinking, oh, you know, I probably won't survive that long, so like. <laughs> no point getting too worked up about <laughs> oh, it. <laughs> I like Um, your
2: optimism, Callie. That's one thing I love about you, you. your optimism.
0: (laughs) So anyway, um, I think it is now time to jump into the comic up. So we've got you on here, Adrian, to represent... Sorry, this is... (laughs) (laughs) I am aware that was sprung on you and there was no real (laughs) one saying that. And uh, Bandit, what are you going to be... Uh, Showing sure us uh, Black Ops One. So Call That's of Duty Black
1: shared. Ops One, yes. That's a tough one to go against.
0: Well, I've not played either, so this will be oh, right.
1: <laughs> This is. A, I think this is actually blasphemy. I I don't know about if you want to just team up on Callum. I mean, it's
2: actually really <laughs> bad that he hasn't played either of those. <laughs> I, I I'm surprised, honestly.
0: Really? Like y- yeah,
2: you said you played it, FIFA, yeah? but you've not played a Call of Duty. You've not played Black Ops. Well, like... everyone's played FIFA. I yeah, mean... even, like, yeah, but like after you bitched about FIFA in like our private, like our commie Discord, and then you <laughs> you come out with you've not played Black Ops or Left the Dead. I mean... might be the point. I
0: mean. <laughs> okay guys like I, I i i like my halos i like my shooters to be very um well you like your shooters you don't know, I... play left for dead or call of duty yeah. two of the biggest okay. shooter <laughs> franchises going i can explain this so <laughs> left <laughs> left for dead is zombies and scary and like you know i'm i haven't been into the scary stuff forever that's that one okay uh call of duty too realistic Halo, I get to shoot pink needles at things and they explode. How like, is
1: Call of Duty too realistic? This is the game that does like kids jumping off buildings, 360 no scoping, shouting, Mum, get the camera. We
2: all, we all know We all know if, To space. Yeah, but like, no, space is quantifiably more real than Call of Duty. Like.
0: Okay, sp- sorry, space battles with like, you know, like how,
2: aliens how do you and know, stuff. How do you know it's not realistic? How do you know this not, not realistic? Right I've never. Okay, no, well, right
4: now, on Earth, <laughs> Have we you are not having this.
0: No. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Right now, we as a race of humans have not had a fight with an alien race that I'm aware of.
1: Yes, but we... Well, Jeff Bezos might have done it there. He's yeah, not up to he's, he's, he's been
0: up to date. Yeah, he's he? the time up, like, beating up the stuff, yeah. Like...
2: <laughs> he's up there trying to get them yeah. to get a Prime subscription. Some, Yeah, some Martian <laughs> has next day <laughs>
0: delivery. That's where he's gone. <laughs> oh, my God. I just So, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but this is good because now you have an even <laughs> ground. Like, you can both try and compete. Because of. Before you were to represent uh, Doom Eternal, which I have played, mm. and so there is a little bit of there's always a little bit of bias to something I've played because I can at least <laughs> I can think about it. So uh, yeah, good. You got even ground. You Should be should be grateful rather than attacking me, please. Yeah, but where's the fun?
2: In, <laughs> where's the fun in that?
0: <laughs> so uh, if you would like to, I guess launch some opening statements. Bandit, I'll go with for uh, for Call Call of Duty Black Ops the first.
2: Yeah. So. So, Call of Duty's had like a rough ride with a lot of people, uh, for, for fair reasons a lot of the time, and most people do buy Call of Duty games for the multiplayer, which is why we've got things like Warzone. And yeah, mad respect for that. That's one of the reasons I buy it. I'm also one of the people who plays through the story, and I liked uh, Modern Warfare as a story. I thought that was fantastic, but I thought Black Ops did the story better. I thought I think Black Ops is the first Black Ops is. The first COD game where the story is so engaging and so interesting, and it plays into it plays a lot into the aspects of what you do get in the multiplayer, and also in the zombies mode. Like on the on like on the Call of Duty game cover, right? Um, like Alex uh, Mason, Alex Mason. Um, I think that's his name. It's Ma- It's Mason for definite. I think it's Alex Mason. Anyway. On his guns are Mustang and Sally. right? They're the names of his uh, guns. But they're also the pack-a-punched guns that you get in the zombie mode.
0: Some of these words made no sense to me. Pack-a-punched <laughs> guns pa- in right, what? He...
2: <laughs> Sorry, Grandad. The upgraded guns you get. Because like in zombies in Call of Duty, you buy guns that are, ba- that are base guns and you can buy them off a wall or get them out of a box. But then there is a pack-a-punch machine which you upgrade the guns to make them powerful and sci-fi.
0: Oh, sci-fi, good. Yes. Carry on. So this is an this is your gun upgrade rack. Is what you said. Yeah, like. pretty much. Okay. And okay. Granddad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, I think Call of Duty Black Ops has a really engaging story. That bleeds well into multiplayer and into zombies, and zombies have got its own lore as well, which is also really good. Which is
0: well, this is what I'm intrigued by. How's it bleed into zombies? Like, uh, because
2: a lot of the thing, a lot of the things that are occurring at the time of zombies. So, like in Black Ops One, the base map you get is Kino de Toten, so Theater of the Dead, and um, that is set in Japan during the. Uh, sort of during the end of the the end-ish of the Vietnam War and um, and it's like, obviously, Nazi zombies because Call of Duty, but um, then it, when it comes to Ascension, which is the first expansion map it is in a, in a Soviet space station which is the space race between the US and Russia, so it's Cold War stuff. But then you also got five, where you get to play as President Kennedy, <laughs> which is set in the Pentagon. It's a zombies mode in the Pentagon.
0: Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. So this is single-player action, is it?
2: Uh, multiplayer or single-player.
0: You get to play as uh, JFK?
2: Yeah. Uh, Anf- That's cool. And Fidel Anf- Castro and...
0: Well, obviously, as a commie gamer, I'm a big fan of Fidel Castro. <laughs> who,
2: who else do you get to play? as? <laughs> you playing to his audience here? Uh, you get to, you get players Kennedy's vice president. I can't remember who it was, but like you get to play as like obviously, there's it, zombies has its own law, and that spans across like multiple games. It's not just in Black Ops One, but um...
0: so Zombies isn't just a fun little kind of no, it, like it's, it's an actual story, mate. Yeah, it's got its, own, its
2: got its own story. Uh, okay, all about. uh... The mysterious element one one five, which don't Google it because it has a name and I can't remember what it is, and it's obviously not mystical. But it was a, it's about a supposedly real plot that the Nazis had in real life to try and reanimate the dead and create an army with them. That was a supposed plot. Obviously, it's probably not true, cause, but these this, these rumors were flying around before Call of Duty came along.
0: See, this is uh, this is now entering like a turf of conspiracy theories involving Nazis and the <laughs> occult, which I'm so into, like. I've watched far too many videos on that madness, so um, that, that does appeal. So... Though I don't know what the Call of Duty single player is about, but uh, while we're talking about zombies, I'm going to throw this over to Odren if you want to explain to me why Left for Dead should be beating Call of Duty on this one.
1: Yeah, well, well there's been a lot of talk about zombies. I, I don't think the modern zombie day experience would exist without Left for Dead, uh, particularly Left for Dead 2. And, and I want to preface, when I'm talking about Left for Dead 2, there's a distinction to make here. I'm talking about the PC port of the game, because that's still being supported to this day, despite being released back in 2008. Um, it's It has incorporated now, you can play all of Left 4 Dead 1, all of Left 4 Dead 2, and they have expansion packs that have come out as late as the beginning of this year, um, as to what you can play. And obviously it's developed by Valve, so it's already got that stamp of high quality. And... Um, When it comes to Left 4 Dead's actual gameplay, it's so simplistic in nature. Now, it's almost like you know when people watch Citizen Kane and they're like, "This is a really cliched movie." But when you watched it at the time, it was revolutionary. That's what Left 4 Dead 2 is now to the modern horde day, modern horde shooter. Um, You got your four characters, um, both of all like for the most part of uh, of varying diversities and ethnicities and backgrounds. um, You know, going around with a set set of varying weapons you can pick up fighting against specific classes of zombies so like you've got the tank which is the big one the boomer which you know vomits bile of you and attracts the horde to attack you smoker he can like shoot his tongue out at you and like wrap it around you and pull you up and all these other different ones um it is overall like probably one of the most enjoyable pc experiences with friends as well because it's so open to mod support um, and I feel like that's a reason it's still like it's. If you go onto the servers of Left 4 Dead 2 today, you will still find over like five thousand people still playing this game, uh, which I think in a, in itself for a game that came out in two thousand and eight, like really stands the test of time. It's like um, a
0: thirteen year old game with that many people. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and and if the if the hype around Back for Blood is anything, it's developed by the same guys that made Left 4 Dead. They're just doing it not affiliated mm. with Valve now because they don't want to release that third game. Like the hype surrounding that shows the legacy of Leopard Ed 2 and why it's so important. Um, not only that, there's another game, Ana Cruces, that is coming out, it's coming to Game Pass as well, which is very much in the similar vein of horde shooters. Yeah, Survival I've seen that, like that
0: one as well. And there's um there's one for Alien Fire Team, I think it's called or yes, Alien Fire yeah, Squad, yeah, which Fire looks Team, to yeah. be the same exact thing for Four people, so I get what you mean when you're saying it's kind of the cliche like now because there is a load of different kind of mimics of like that format. Mm -hmm. Um, the
1: the, yeah, just I'll I'll finish on this bit for the closing statement bit, but the the most important thing about it is like particularly when you're looking for a game to play with friends, um, like each campaign is split up into four different segments, um, and you can play through that in about an hour, um, and for the most part, like everyone here I'm going to assume is working and if not we've worked in the past you know I don't know people's situation with COVID (laughs) but like if you're if you're like working or you have work in the morning like not everyone has the chance to sit down and play like like one game of Warzone probably takes about an hour nowadays if you're really playing it like like sweating it out which I would argue is time not well spent because it can be really tedious at times but for stuff like Left 4 Dead we are constantly engaged and enjoying it and you can have so much fun with your friends to have an hour campaign that you can just like open up and finish in the one sitting is probably a really enjoyable experience and it's something that really isn't isn't done that well nowadays you don't see many games that have this sort of sit down open it up for a few minutes and then close it Uh, everything is very much you have to delve 60 hours into before you actually get to the proper multiplayer experience so left 4 dead to this day like there's a reason the people are still going back to it and it's because of how good it is
0: so it's almost call back to um, the D and D game we we're talking about before. That game seems like the kind of thing that you should be able to just dump a quick twenty minutes into. But the missions I were on, it was about an hour, like, and that was quite a small one compared to some of the others. So yeah, I definitely see the benefits of something which is um, pick up play and not have to put too much effort into. But you do say campaign. Is there a storyline? Is there a narrative of any sort?
1: Yeah, So th- so the way in which Left 4 Dead Two has kind of gone around, it's, it it plays off the idea of like. You know b-list zombie movies in a sense so like when you load up a a specific campaign it'll be like the carnival and it's like your main characters whatever like nick uh rochelle like coach uh, ellis all that's like are played by and then it'll have your gamer tag So it kind of plays on that, like, so you're doing extremely ridiculous stuff, like, uh, in the most obscene ways, like, one of the endings of a campaign will have you, like, in the middle of, like, this, like, uh, 10,000-seater stadium on a stage, like, with music blaring, and you're just, like, holding off waves of the undead until the chopper arrives. Like, that's how they all end. They all end with you waiting for a helicopter to get there. Um, And it's, like, it's this sort of, like, they are all PvE um modes, so like there's four V zombies or whatever. But there are as well in never dead versus modes where players can actually play as zombies and there's times where you can have eight player lobbies where there's eight people playing as special infected so you can play as a as a boomer or a charger or any of these other ones that have a range of different abilities and then four survivors trying to get to the end of the mission. And it each comes to the stage where it's like everyone will get a chance to play as the survivors and whoever gets the farthest in each mission will gain more points. Um there's a load of other stuff as well, like a load of different other campaigns and things. I think for a while they had, like, the ability to play 8v8 modes with the B 8 survivors and 8, like, infected. I don't know if they still had that, but there's a load of other stuff, like realism mode if you wanted, like, I suppose, I don't know, personally, like, game-wise, injure yourself. <laughs> like yeah. But there's, like, there's so much, like, stuff that's involved in Left 4 Dead 2 that you can keep coming back to it for a game that's been out for as long as it has.
0: Like the idea, you play realism mode and there's just no zombies. Yeah. <laughs> They've just gone full realism. It's just you walking around a carnival with guns. Everyone got the arrested. vaccine. They didn't need, there was no zombies. <laughs> they got
2: the vaccine. It's, it's not <laughs> zombies, it's just people with, without wearing masks. That's just all it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, campaign bandit, you're, you've got to remember, I've never played this before, and I feel like you're talking about it as if I should know, and maybe I should know, but I don't. So tell me, please, what is the campaign of Call of Duty? one black
2: ops
0: 1 thank you it's not call
2: of duty ones a very different game okay so the campaign of call of duty black ops the first one uh, it's set during uh, the vietnam war so um obviously it's a lot there's a lot of cold war stuff going on between the us and russia ussr as soon as you
0: say vietnam war like clearance clear water revival starts playing in my head so <laughs> so you're on to a good start Carry on, and
2: it's um you take and like you play as um Mason and he it's just generic soldier stuff so obviously you go and take some bases you I, th- is it, I think it's actually the first one where you like you actually kill uh, like a dictator in like one of the very first missions and like I think that's Black Ops 1 and like h- like he puts his uh, mistress in front of you in, like in front of him, so she take the bullet instead, and you kill him. And it's like, all right, that's good. And instead of like trying to like, instead of like bashing his corpse, she pulls out his gun and tries to shoot you anyway
0: Oh, nice! And it's like, okay, very Fidel Castro's mistresses.
2: Yeah, and so like, it's one of the best ways to learn the game, and it teaches you all about the shooting mechanics that way. Because that's what the campaign in Call of Duty is generally for. They teach you how to play the game, and mm. like some of the new things of have added. But it's going through; it goes through like different maps that you encounter in multiplayer modes. Um, okay. And it's sort of just like going through the Vietnam War, and um, the menu is framed through it as well because you find out that um, the that Mason is uh, being brainwashed; he's like a Soviet sleeper agent. Ooh. And it's uh, okay. I'm spoiler it. The game's over ten years old. Like. <laughs>
0: That's fine I'm not gonna get around to playing but like it, you, the, it, it spawned a
2: meme as well like the numbers miss and what do they mean and it's that's you being interrogated by the CIA and you so just...
0: that happens in the game you get interrogated by the CIA that
2: happened no, that's the menu that's where you select stuff like okay you have um you have like the options to like change the settings on things like that you have the campaign the multiplayer zombies mode but you can you like, and you're strapped into this sort of like Ludovigo style chair And you can break out of it and walk around the lab, and you can also play Zork, like the text adventure, in Call of Duty Black Ops. That's pretty cool. (laughs) But, like, everything is themed around, like, the numbers, Mason, what do they mean? Except when you switch to Zombies mode, it gets a yellow filter, and the two scientists are replaced by one zombie batting on the window. That's just the menu, and it's like, it's themed really well. Like, everything's themed around that, but, like, that became a meme so much, like, the numbers, Mason. And that's one of the reasons it survived as well. And, like, the later Black Ops games, like, Black Ops 2 was pretty good. Black Ops 3 was not. Because then it went into the future, and it's like, well, that's kind of a bit dumb. I'm not going to lie. But when you're playing through the story of Black, Black Ops 1 and 2, both focus around Mason. And, um, Black Ops 1 has the conclusion to. I believe, yeah, I believe it's the plot line that was established in World at War with uh, Reznov. I think it was World at War that established him. Like, he's like a is a, so, like a, a Russian soldier, and he's one of the people who storms the Third Reich. And you see that he, like, in the Black Ops series, he helps Mace, and he becomes his friend. And then, like, you see Reznov doing all these things, and then, plot twist, it's actually you because you're being brainwashed, and you think he's still alive, but he's actually not. So you're going and doing all the assassination work for the Soviet sleepers, but you think it's Reznov doing it. But like you explore like kind of every aspect of the game that way because you, uh, you see the Pentagon, like which becomes the five map. You see, you don't see the you don't see the
0: expansion maps on zombies, but you also do see you don't see Kino either. But, so I cut this down to, in, I ignore the uh, maps for the multiplayer, so I, I'm more interested in sort of what this single player
2: but that's pretty much, you know, that's, is actually. It's pretty much it. It's just like you going and doing generic soldier stuff during the Vietnam War and you get captured and brainwashed and then you escape from a camp and you, <laughs> that's pretty much how it ends. Like So the campaign is takes place before you end up in that room in the menu.
0: Okay, so you don't get to uh, play as like the Russian sleeper agent at any point. You you doing.
2: are yeah, you do. That's that's like who you play as in the campaign.
0: I mean, I could do with some details on these missions, Bandit. I'll be honest, oh. like you're not you're not selling it to me that well. well like.
2: <laughs> okay. There's there's one where it's the the, the one of the missions where like I've said where you play as the one as like where you kill the dictator. That's definitely not Fidel Castro, mm. right? But then you there's one where you are in cuba and you are stopping uh like the cuban missile crisis from happening so, okay. so it's a like revised bit of history there because obviously that's not how it happened but the, those are the two missions i distinctly remember like fully verbatim but there's there's the missions where you have the mission you also escape from uh like a prisoner of war camp and you have to fight your way out like without guns at the first part. Like you have to fight your way past some guards and then you escape. And
0: so tell me, the zombie mode—do uh, we have? Is it similar to the Left 4 Dead one with uh, more, you know four yes, people so or anything like
2: that? Four four players for Black Ops. Uh, I don't think Black Ops was the f- I don't think Black Ops was the first game to do the four player thing. I don't know if it was Left 4 Dead though either. It might have been World at War when it introduced the zombie mode, but. Um, yeah. As a uh, four players, four different characters each time. Um if it's in the main canon to the, the Call of Duty Zombies Law, um then it's that, but then there's one map where you play as actors. Like actual actors, so like um Michael Rooker, um Sarah Michelle Geller, Wait, what, what, uh, what what Danny what, what, Trail what?
0: <laughs> and Robert England. And, I know all bar that final one, but Robert Torreira, I don't need to hear further than that. Like, what do you mean you play as a... Is this in the zombies mode? Yeah, it's... So um, it's meant to be like you're, a, you're what, doing a zombie film? Yeah, and but you actually Romero's
2: in it. Ah. And he is a wandering boss, because he gets possessed by, like, he gets possessed or bitten by the zombies, and he becomes the one wandering boss. And Avenged Sevenfold do the soundtrack to that map. <laughs> Which is... Like, cut. Okay. So that's always kind mean, of fun.
0: <laughs> like I'm, I'm still very confused about some of that single player activity. I, I, I am intrigued, but I, I could do with knowing a bit more about the narrative. But um, I'm gonna throw this over to Adrian. Like it sounds like this game has the same things that uh, your game has, but also has single player narratives involving shooting Fidel Castro. Apparently.
1: Uh, I, I think the I think saying that Call of Duty Zombies is the same as Left for Dead might be a little bit of a simplification. I think they definitely are parallels. Like, uh, like if you were to say, like, what are the two sort of routes you'd go for a popular zombie shooter, you would probably pick out the Call of Duty Zombies or Left for Dead. And I say that because, like, COD Zombies is very much a wave-based game mode. So, like, you'll have, like, round one, round two, round three, and you'll get points for uh, shooting zombies, killing zombies, and you'll buy guns, and you'll progress through different doors and whatnot. Whereas and it's like very much survive for how long as you want or as as long as you can and then some cases there's easter eggs but for the likes of left for dead it's very much like you have a set safe room where you start and a set safe room to get to in the end um and there's no like buying weapons or waves or whatever it's just you progress through each map uh fighting hordes of the undead until you get to the safe room now the one interesting thing about it is that you might think, oh, well, that's pretty boring, you know, you're just going to, like, why would anyone play the same map again and again? Whereas at least with mm. zombies, you know, you can get to a different round or something. Interesting about this, and I think it's the one thing that Valve revolutionized when it came to the zombie genre, is they have a very specific type of uh, system in place. I don't know if it's if it's AI-based, code-based or whatnot. It's it's called The Director, um, and it kind of comes back again to the whole idea of it like being a B-list movie. Um If you're doing particularly well in a game mode, the director will spawn like a difficult zombie to kill. Or he'll take away some weapons that maybe would have appeared if you were playing badly. Uh, And then the opposite goes around as well. So say if you're having a hard time, if you've gone down twice or whatever, or you're not playing very well. It'll spawn maybe a powerful weapon or a powerful resource. Maybe it'll despawn one of the heavy zombies to make your experience a little bit more enjoyable um so each playthrough you play will be intrinsically different despite it being the same map um and with that there's alternate routes you can take for a lot of stuff in left 4 dead so you're not going to play each map the same way each time like if, if if you can go into the basement of one area you can probably climb up a ladder and go across roofs as well so there's two different variations of ways you can go in certain maps so there's going to be intricate like details of play now the reason the story isn't such a big factor in 4 is because like they're going for that style of the b movie aesthetic you hmm. know where story isn't key and you know it's all about just shooting zombies getting big kills look at all this blood or whatever there is horror elements to it yeah but i would argue it's kind of it's horror in the way that the purge is horror like <laughs> yes it would be categorized as horror but it's more so like action first and then maybe a bit scary um but yeah, no. Left for Dead is—I uh, wouldn't say it's similar to Cod Zombies. I, I do think if you were to like put up the two like zombie games that you'd want to play, that people would clash and say, "Are which one's better?" It, they would go hand in hand. Hmm. Um, I, just to clarify, but, I was yeah. saying it
2: with it with it being like a four-player multiplayer. I wasn't saying anything else was similar outside of zombies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just that you play, you have four. It's a four-player multiplayer with four different characters. That's what I meant.
0: Is there different um, in Call of Duty then? Is there different types of zombies?
2: Uh... Not really, um well, yes, and no kinda like in, yes, in the, but no, in no. the base game, no, um, you have regular zombies, and then you have zombie dogs, and hmm. they are left over from uh world at War, and it's controlled by uh, <laughs> controlled by the entity called Samantha, and it's like every five rounds it's called the dog round and like they are they're not necessarily hard to kill they're just fast and they get, can attack you yeah. quicker. and it's the famous screen fetch me their souls and then you just see loads of zombie dogs spawn and they're aggressively harder in 5 you have a scientist who steals perks from you in Ascension which is the first expansion which is my favourite you have uh, space monkeys that come and like steal perks from you as well but as the expansions went on they added more and more stuff. So, like, in Shangri-La was one of the later ones for... The
0: Hollow Earth?
2: That's <laughs> Agartha. that's
0: oh, also okay.
2: Shangri-La. Shangri-La has, um, like, flaming zombies and uh, different kinds of zombie uh, monkeys. Um, well, and, like, the, they go to the moon at one point, and then there's astronaut zombies as well, which are really hard to kill. And then, of course, ju- so you're on the moon. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you start on Earth <laughs> and then you go to the moon.
0: Is there, any in fact, here's one thing that's going to like kind of tie some up away. Is there interesting guns in either of these, or are they all very human guns? Like, do we have anything with um that's not realistic?
1: Um, no, oh, zombies wins in that department, yeah. yeah it's, it's zombies, <laughs> but,
0: but in, well, the, if, I mean, have the have you got any like you know, lasers, any, yeah, any big old cannons? I don't know
2: in Call of Duty, you do like you have um,
3: hmm.
2: you have a ray gun which just looks like a toy ray gun from the seventies, like would look, and then it's one of the strongest weapons you can get early in the game, and it, like people use it to shoot the legs off zombies to make them crawlers, so they can go and spend <laughs> their points, and then when the ready and is all set up for the next round, they just they just kill that one, and then the round starts with all the new stuff. But then there's the Thunder Gun. I think it's actually called the Zeus Cannon, but like everyone just calls it the Thunder Gun. Because it's um, it looks like um, it looks like a bazooka, but it just fires like a big wave of pressure and it launches zombies across the map. And it's quite oh, awesome. It's quite funny watching them ragdoll.
0: <laughs> and uh, sorry, so Left for Dead, nothing of a sort of similar kind of caliber to that? Is it all realistic boom? You know, no, I,
1: I, I will say that Zombies probably has me on this department or Call of Duty Zombies probably has me on this department because it is very much like a big selling point of each of their maps is like the unique wonder weapon that like you get each time. Like okay. as as Bandit has mentioned, like, you know, like the Thunder Gun, uh, the Wonder Waffles, like the other ones as well. There's a load of like different, like, there's different loads of weapons i can't name them all off but i think there's a shrink way shrink ray in Shangri-La. and in fairness to bandit you may think oh he's not explained the storyline of zombies very well it is impossible to explain the storyline of zombies because it's so it's, weird it's so to be honest
0: it's the, the storyline of the non-zombies i'm more kind of interested in like uh to see i just like because a, a single player kind of narrative is you know sanker appeals to me with a shooter but
2: the thing is it's really hard to explain again, the narrative of Call of Duty Black Ops because it ties in with Black Ops 2 to that point and they flow really seamlessly. So when people listen, they'll probably say that I've said an element from Black Ops 2 instead of 1, right? But like at the same time, it is just you do soldier stuff but at the it's same... fine.
0: The rule, the rules are very vague on whether <laughs> you're allowed to put a whole trilogy worth of the same game in in, in this competition. It, it, it's, it's fine. Black yeah. Ops Two is the same as one, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, it's. I I will. Sorry, go on. No, go on. I was about to say. Uh, the the thing is, what you do see in Black Ops One and Two, is that the friendship between you and Reznov is really believable. Because you can believe that Reznov is this sort of grizzled veteran who survived the the Second World War, into the realm of Vietnam, um. But uh, he's still a nice person. He's still a friend to you, and hmm. you do see him die. Like you see the car he's in get blown up, but Mason doesn't believe it's real. He thinks he survived. This guy survived and the and the the right, the Third Reich, you know. St- um,
0: Rystack or whatever. Yeah, called, yeah.
2: Like, he, he survived this, that, the other. Like, he can survive getting, uh, you know, shot by an attack helicopter in a car.
0: To be honest, being Russian and attacking Nazis does appeal <laughs> to everything about my website here. So, like.
2: But, yeah, like, it's. Um, but, like, obviously, when it gets to Black Ops 1, you are in the Vietnam War, so you are fighting uh, Russians and the Viet Cong and, like, other people like that. But it's like the game itself. Like you go through a lot of different settings because you you're also like you are in like um, you're in Cuba, you're in Vietnam, you're in uh, Hanoi, uh, you are in Russia for one element, and like and there's a
0: lot of variety in it. And it's this isn't the one where you have to gun down an airport full of people. That's it? Modern Warfare too. Okay, dif- cool. I, that's something I dif- know about, even though I've not played. <laughs> different,
2: different studio. Like that's Infinity Ward, and Black Ops is Treyarch.
0: So, I, hmm. I mean, I find the whole like Call of Duty to me all blends together in the same way. Like you said, FIFA kind of does. You know, it does seem like they just bring out a new game every year. Um, the, the big so for one to stand out would be impressive, but uh, yeah. The,
2: big, also the like... big difference is that the Treyarch games had zombies, and the Infinity Ward's didn't.
0: Who did um, the one who was in space?
2: Uh That was Infinity War. Was that
0: Infinity War?
1: Uh not Infinity War. <laughs> that's <like> the other <laughs> that, movie. That's different. Was um, it Infinity War? Infinite Warfare, in... that was Infinity. Yeah. yeah. That was Infinity War.
0: Okay, so that's the same people that do the Zombies one, yeah?
1: No, that's true. That's the actually... Reactive Zombies. No. Okay, sorry. That game is actually extremely underrated though. Like I think that has probably one of the best Call of Duty campaigns in terms of story wise, but it's just because it was like it was on the, like, back end of, like, all these, like, super futuristic Call of Duties that nobody wanted. Um, yeah. And so everyone hated it when it came out. But I think it stands the test of time. But I'm that's not here to I've, argue like, um, that, like,
0: yeah, that 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 is one I've seen that, like, uh, actually appeals to me. Because the thing... I, I have played some Call of Duty before. I played uh, some online, and I remember just very distinctly getting just one shot from across the map. Which, you know, as someone <laughs> that used to be in the Master Chief, like... felt very unfair (laughs) Um, but that one where it was in space it's in space, I mean that's my nerdiness all over so that always appealed to me but yeah, that that, that actually does sound alright Black Ops 1 so yeah, maybe I'll look into that have you got any, um, Adrian, have you got any kind of counterpoints to anything that's been said here?
1: I, I have two kind of important things I want to touch on because I think they're really, uh, like, crucial to Leferdead's success. That's good, like, cause as I also I said, have a question
0: I... afterwards as well, so proceed. Okay.
1: I I do think that whilst Call of Duty Zombies is uh, better in terms of, like, having these, like, majest- majestical weapons and, like, these, uh, well, what they're called, wonder weapons to, like, entice players into, like, oh, I really want to get this weapon like we talked about special zombies in Call of Duty like they've never really stayed more than like one map and many people like when they go back they don't think of zombies like with these amazing like special infected yeah. whereas like when you go to Left 4 Dead like like if you if you've even like played Left 4 Dead once everyone knows the boomer everyone knows the tank everyone knows the witch like these are all like intrinsic like enemies in the Left 4 Dead sandbox that like everyone knows uh and everyone recognizes being like like they're like the, the base formula for a tank and a boomer uh are still being copied by like horde shooters to this day like it's kind of almost like if you're going to do a four-player co-op game it's almost a sin not to have any very vari- like have to have no variation in your zombies um like eat like obviously back for blood has that now like they've had to change it up a little bit but like they, there are intrinsic differences in those zombies and they change the, the way in which you play the game, like if you meet a a boomer going down a hallway you just shoot him, but if you meet a tank then you have to back up and you have to find another way around or kill him and whatnot. not um, and as as I mentioned earlier with the director's mode thing, like you're going to you're going to like it. your experience is going to change each time so he may be down that hallway one game but he won't be there the next and you won't know that, so it's it's going to be a completely new experience each time. The other thing I want to touch on is um audio design in Left 4 Dead is phenomenal. Like it's probably some of the best like it is still the bar like it is still the high standard for for audio design in games. Like uh, like it I think a game if you can uh, and this is kind of difficult without like <laughs> letting you hear it, but like mm. I think if a game can have like every every special infected when they spawn in has a specific little theme So, like, three notes on a piano or something in a certain variation will, like, symbolize, oh, a tank has spawned or a hunter.
4: Uh, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So, naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
1: and if you're playing the game those little audio cues will play you may not see them on your screen but good players and people who have played the game uh, maybe like a couple of times will be like oh there's a hunter around i need to like i need to watch where i'm going uh, and that's all through audio and musical design like and, and if a game can like i was going to do doom eternal earlier but like that's another game that does this so well like it, you can um, like you can hear a tyrant's lock on rockets and Doom Eternal and you know it's about to fire its rockets. You can um, like you can see the green of a marauder when he's about to come at you. That's more visual design but in the same sort of ballpark it's like trying to telegraph to a player either there's something there or something's going to happen without kind of just saying oh there's a hunter there. The hunter's about to attack. Like doing it in such a smart way that you can play a game each time and it'll feel natural but it'll also inform the players to what's going on. Yeah, I think that's just something that needs to be said. I think that's the best mm. part about Left 4 Dead. I think it's just like you could write full thesis on why it's so good. Um, but that that is something I wanted to touch on specifically.
0: Okay, I appreciate all the designing in things. Um, I mean, Call of Duty. One thing I wanted to ask, oh, sorry, go for it. Call of Duty has really good music. Well, actually, uh, Nathan wrote an article for the site. I think it was regarding Black Ops or Black Ops Two, potentially, just specifically about the soundtrack.
2: Yeah, so Black um, Ops won the soundtrack. It does have like Avengers Sevenfold on it as well, which which yeah, it do, cool does now. help for it. <laughs> they Avengers Sevenfold appear in Black Ops Two, like as themselves, um, and they, they they play a show at the end with some of the characters for some reason, which is very <laughs> weird. But um, in like the first few, especially, it's um, it's Kevin Sherwood who does the the theme "Damned," which is just the probably one of the more famous piano tracks mm-hmm. for games now. <risingly singing> and it just
0: thats a it sounds like the Christmas song. It's, Here Come it, the Bells. it's
2: similar, <laughs> but like it's played on a discordant piano, so it sounds a little off. But that's a running motif through all of the songs. So like, the one in the first map is one one five, and you unlock it through an Easter egg. And it's Elena Siegman, who's I believe she's German, and hmm. she does, she has such a great singing voice. My personal favourite is the one from Ascension, which is Abracadabra, which I actually still listen to, like, casually. The Pokemon? No, that, that's, that, that's <laughs> Alakazam, and you're thinking of, you know, but the song's called no. Abracadabra. You know, like, Magic uh, yeah, Dead like, Body. Magic
0: ha. Corpse.
2: I mean, if, if we're being completely technical in terms of zombies, Left for Dead isn't zombies, it's infected. It's green flu.
0: No, we're not being technical.
2: Uh, <laughs> your, that's your, the same. Your,
1: i cherry I'll, picking, I'll, like, I'll, Jerry I'll, I'll obviously I'm obviously joking. Nice sorry. try, nice try. I'm- I see him pushing those goalposts. <laughs>
2: the goalpost goal was set by 28 Days Later with infected. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One question with the uh, modding on Left 4 Dead. So is there, a, like, I, I I like the modding world. I'm no part of it. I've learned I modded the crap out of Skyrim, and it looks beautiful. But <laughs> now, even though I've got the Series X, it takes about, like, you know, a minute to load. <laughs> Just because I've put so much on it. Um, is there, like, anything interesting, like, Tom's the Tank engines you can get? Or is there any of that oh, kind yeah. of good shit?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's... it's. I, I don't even know if I can... Like, some of the stuff I can remember there being is, like, they'll change like your characters to like 2d versions of like a really poorly drawn sonic Um, like
0: there's a a load of like there's there's a load of stuff sonic you're on about as well
1: i think there's one that turns like the hunter which is this like enemy that leaps at you and like jumps on you and claws at you into patrick star and he like (laughs) i think every like, like we we talk about like audio design and it's like Oh, it's like, the Hunter's Scream is pretty iconic in Left 4 Dead, but it replaces it with, like, um... SpongeBob. You know when he's on the phone? <laughs> no, but you know when he's on the phone and it's like, no, this is Patrick, and, like, slams the phone. Yeah. It changes the audio to that, so every time... It, and it echoes, like, it, it fully... Like, we talk about binaural 3D audio. Like, this goes in, like, every part of the headset when he's lunging at you. Um, I'm trying to think, what other ones were there? Yeah, one turns the tank into, like, a big, like, buff Roblox character. Um... <laughs> Like, there's so much stuff. Like, obviously, with a game that's 13 years old, it's going to have accumulated, like a, yeah. like, a shit ton of mods. Like, so it's going to have, like, 20,000 plus submissions probably on the Steam page. Christ. And it's by Valve as well, which makes it so easy to install mods um, as everything that's done through Steam with, like, stuff like Gary's mod and whatnot. So. I think I only found um, out about that plus.
0: game being by Valve recently, because I think until then, I thought Valve were responsible for Half Life, Portal. Mm-hmm. That was it. I didn't realize they had like other games, but I know. I think StarCraft's them as well, right? StarCraft Blizzard
2: CS:GO was them as uh, well. CSGO StarCraft Blizzard Team Fortress is Valve.
0: Uh, uh, I knew Team Fortress. I thought StarCraft. Was- anyway,
2: S- no, StarCraft's Blizzard.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I've reached my deliberations or whatnot. So. I abs- like do you know what? this is like every single time I have this problem mainly because I'm really easily swayed. So if someone makes an argument, I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. And then someone else makes like, yeah, no, that, that guy's definitely the right one. So, like, what I mean, I am definitely I, I want to check out these starfish. I am so looking forward to Back for Blood, like, that's coming out this um Halloween, and I know it's just an incre- like a knockoff of. Uh, of Left 4 Dead or not Knock Off it's the same people so it's spiritual. It is. Just... It is it, it's a spiritual sequel yeah. a spiritual sequel yeah so you were
1: saying
2: I was supposed to say it's How a it? spiritual successor to it it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a sequel yeah. but not a sequel <laughs> I saw uh, so, my friend play yeah. it on stream because he got um he got an early access code for it oh, like cool. just for like does it look good it looks fantastic it look. I, I I got epilepsy so I won't be able to play it right but it oh, looks shame I was
0: going to say we should so do that but it
2: looks absolutely fantastic <laughs> I did enjoy Left 4 Dead, just to clarify. I did yeah. enjoy it.
0: <laughs> well, I like this as well, because I feel like, uh, Adrian, you've got a respect for um, Call of Duty Black Ops there as well. So,
1: Oh, yeah. I grew up with that game. Like That's one of my favorites. I, I, See, and I, less hostility than when
0: I was on with Riku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so, like, I've always kind of just, in my mind, I've always put Call of Duty in this box of just being like a multiplayer you know, thing I suck at, um, but I never really <laughs> tried anything on the single player. But this does intrigue me with the whole, well, Fido Castro, like, sleeper agents and that kind of thing. And with the soundtrack, I think I'm going to have to give this to Black Ops. Wait, what? So I'm, 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 it's blasphemous. I, I'm going to have to, yes. We're Bandit, Bandit. Bandit wins I'm something. Flip the Bandit I'm one. flipping the table. Well, this is the thing. I, I had to sit there. I'm like, oh, well, I've got a guest on. I can't, the, you know, oh, I'm going to upset him, but then I'm wh- going to upset back. Bandit yeah, twice Where's the, the
1: leave button on this call?
0: <laughs> yeah, but
2: the, the difference is, right? Okay, let's ask your opinion on this, Aldrin. Um Simpsons hmm. Hit and
1: Run versus The saboteur. Oh, oh, Simpsons Hit and Run is a classic. It's That's getting it every day.
2: Uh, you're both wrong. <laughs> 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 I do I, I do like the Simpsons that's... Hit and Run, right? But
1: the, 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 Simpson, I think there was there was a poll done recently. I'm pretty sure Simpson's Hit and Run is the most yeah, requested is. remastered was, game ever. <laughs> like uh, repeatedly, like it's not a wrong opinion to think that it's should be it up there. Like, I do like the game,
2: but like <laughs> the problem I had with Callie's judgment was when he went, "Oh yeah, so like there's plenty of games like the Saboteur because they're Assassin's Creed style sandboxes." I'm like, you. There, yes, there is, but the saboteur was one of the first. You can't judge it based ah, it on wasn't the first. It was the
0: first, though. It wasn't. And also, again, I said I, I will more likely play the saboteur again than I'm going to play the Simpson Sit and Run. But we're not getting into this band Go In listen fairness, to the old episode if you want sure my arguments.
1: If you wanted, if you wanted to make that argument, you could just pretty much say that oh, since it's hit and run, it's pretty much GTA. It
0: it is, but that came up as well. (laughs) But like, yeah, I'm sticking to my decision as much as I hate every decision I have to make on this, including this one. Like, well, I don't know. This one, the thing is, I'm gonna like. I'd say if Left Dead was the only Left for Dead, and there wasn't another game like it since. But the thing is, everything has copied it. And Call of Duty is just, you know, kind of cookie cutter for the multiplayer. But the this is why I was so kind of trying to focus in on that narrative, because a single player narrative game, especially a shooter, because yeah, right, I I'm not going to get that in Left 4 Dead. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though I am very much going to be Googling the whole Patrick mod on this, because that sounds absolutely fantastic.
2: <laughs> One of my favorite things for Left 4 Dead is the YouTube parody, like the Left 4 Speed 2. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, and It's yeah, like, my yeah. friends call me coach. Coach, get in! And that's just them saying the catchphrases over and over again.
0: <laughs> but, like, yeah. These I'm are, going to Google yeah. this Patrick. I'm going to Google the Sonic one. And that almost swayed it, frankly. But I think the, uh, the the soundtrack element, like, of the music on on that Call of Duty there, especially the review I've seen from um, Nathan on ComicGamer.com, you should check it out, uh, really did help sway it towards. So, sorry, Adrian. Spy-
1: yeah no that's fair The score for Black Ops 1 is still done by, Like it's done by Jack Wall. He's still doing the Black Ops scores so Is it still going in that series? Larry's
0: Are they still making uh, more Black Ops? But, well,
1: well the most recent one is Black Ops Cold War Like that's still part yeah, of the, it's
2: the, um, the series it's Warzone is like the loose tie between Cold War and World War 2 Like okay. Warzone is like the money tie knicker. between them <laughs> It's Okay But yeah Call of Duty has done good things It's a good game It's a well made game
0: hopefully there's no hard feelings between uh, uh <laughs> between game in sandbox and Co- 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 no, for, for this, this uh, slight <laughs> but um political breakdown or whatnot um but would I'm you like to go ahead himself. and tell us a little bit about your site about the gaming sandbox? yeah
1: um yeah sure um so pretty much uh gaming sandbox was an idea that uh, my friend Connor Smith and I had uh, a while ago, and we had always wanted to start our own uh, gaming website because, um, like I, I, like I'm a freelance journalist at the moment. Like I write varying news pieces for different bits and and whatnot. But I, I have a huge love for games, um, and and unfortunately, the most part is that there's not too many gaming public, if any. I don't think there is any gaming publications in Ireland that report on games uh, specific to Ireland. Less so indie games, which is a huge passion of mine. Um, So, Connor and I, for the most part, like we had both, like Connor and I have both written for amateur gaming websites at one one point or another. And uh, we were always kind of, as much as we enjoy not having to go and find our own stuff and just be prescribed news, uh, when you're like regurgitating the same news formats over and over again, you can find like, I want something more out of this. Um, So, we wanted to start our own website pretty much to. Not only report on stuff that we wanted to report on, but also to elevate indie games, uh, within particularly the UK and Ireland, because that's where because uh, Connor lives out in England and I'm I'm in Dublin, so we we wanted to do something along the lines of promoting games in our in our countries, uh, because for the most part everyone sees gaming as this like particularly American thing or Japanese thing, and you kind of have to be hmm. in either of those locations to do well, uh, which is just not the case like uh, like particular. Examples of really good games are stuff like Falconeer was developed in the Netherlands, but it's also you know published by Wired Productions in England. Uh, actually, Watford, I think specifically, uh, Rokey, which was an indie game that was put up for many a game awards, is developed in the Nordic countries. Loads of different other stuff, and I can it's probably stuff I'm not thinking of. At the moment. Like we talked about Hellblade earlier, developed in the UK by Ninja Theory. Loads of different stuff. So we wanted to focus specifically on indie games because. Um, i i think you know 343 doesn't need the coverage of some like low site with 40 followers at the moment <laughs> um you know whereas like the average uh indie dev like uh, specifically like we did a review on the short hu- on a short hike we talked about boomerang x which is developed by dang and devolver digital like all this other stuff like they're going to appreciate people talking about their game and they're going to appreciate the exposure as little as it may be of their title um and so we wanted to particularly shine a light on those people because we don't think they get enough recognition for the work they do um but we also just love talking about games mm. so we pretty much we uh, reviews feature pieces previews um news pieces as well like we 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 cover it all really and the good thing about it is it's a it's not a, it's not a business per se like like we're looking at trying to get registered as an official business in Ireland and get some sort of like contract structure set up and everything. But obviously, at the moment, we're still just publishing stuff. So it's all voluntary uh, hobby stuff. Like, we don't make any money off it. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure we've, at the moment, we've yes. lost a lot of money. Like, preach funding right. the website. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, we've lost, like, not that we've lost. I, 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 because like, when you say you lose something, it's almost like you haven't gained anything from it. Like, I, I enjoy writing for the website. I enjoy people's feedback on the stuff that we do. Like, we launched. Oh, yeah, yesterday. It feels like a week ago at this stage already (laughs) because we've had, like, so many nice people being like, hey, love the website, like, what you're doing or whatever. And we've even had a few people reach out being like, hey, will you look at our game? And I'm like, yes, of course. Like, that's... I'd love to. Like, I love games. So, like, I'm always going to take a look at something like that. So I think there's a a weird... um, Most of the time people almost seem... Think... uh, And I think we had this conversation before where it's like people assume that if you're doing something that costs money you should be making money from it Um, i'm perfectly happy for the first year even the first two years for our game to uh, not our game but our website to just break even um and we can just keep creating content because at the end of the day like the, the enjoyment i get out of writing about games and finding new games and talking to really interesting people in the industry about like what their passion and drive is like it almost feels like an obligation as like a journalist to like talk to people who maybe don't get their story out there that often so i absolutely love it at the moment so yeah it's a really long-winded answer to say we just cover indie games <laughs> but You've um yeah no that, that's journalist what we
2: tactic, do take us take something that could be summed up in one sentence and make it a paragraph mad respect <laughs> for that i oh, no joke like i mean i don't know if i qualify as a game journalist in the same way obviously i don't because i don't report ah,
0: you're about games now you're a game journalist are all professionals now oh right okay
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> Like I mostly do podcasting, writing stuff for, not really for the game journalism side of things. I do other stuff for Comi, as opposed to just
0: mostly Black Ops and such. Yeah.
2: yeah, I do. I do the stuff that no one's seen yet. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. it's it's really cool because gave me a chance because I used to write for the website that shall not be named, <laughs> along with uh, was it was Jaku also wrote for them. Yeah. Yeah. For context, we both me and Jack used to write for What Culture, and um, hmm. me and Jack didn't know each other prior to this, and then we met and became friends uh, for our mutual hatred of, of them. But like, uh, just because we've had bad experiences, <laughs> right? But um, hmm. the fact that I just saw like a random advert saying that Callie was looking for writers was really cool, and now I get hmm. to shit talk games I played. Gush about games I loved, <laughs> and then sit and ramble about horror to uh, one of my good friends, Holly, and vaguely famous YouTube celebrities. That's pretty fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I,
1: no, I. Well, I, I, just want to jump in on this because I think it's a really important point. Like you say, oh, you wouldn't categorize yourself as a games journalist. I, it, like, it comes back to that weird conversation that went on on Twitter like a couple of months ago. Is like, who is a game dev? Um, and I think the general consensus amongst people in like you know the gaming sphere was that anyone who works on a game is a game dev because they're all contributing to the final product of it I I genuinely think like you don't need to be some like because like, I'm not like I'm definitely not this so like if, if, <laughs> if I'm calling myself a game journalist and I don't meet this criteria then what am I looking at but it, like for the most part like I think if you're promoting a game um, like through your own means and and and, you know and somebody comes across it and they haven't heard of the game before and they think oh i'll give that a go you are you are by all accounts you know a journalist like you have spread news to someone else to get a look at not only that but i say you're also like a promoter or it depends on what you're writing about but for stuff like that like you know you say like oh you don't like you more do the podcasting stuff like there's plenty of journalists that focus primarily on podcasts um and like even if it's just like saying oh i'll love the music and called you here's why i love it like you're expressing an opinion you may be an opinion-based journalist or you may be a, a, a whatever journalist like you're still doing journalism in that sense and still promoting it so i feel like you don't need to be making money you don't need to be working for the biggest companies to be a journalist if you're out there getting stories talking to people um publishing them for people to read uh, and spreading another person's you know life story in a lot of cases for games journalists and no, not game shows but game developers like you are doing the journalistic work. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know where... I, I think I've kind of veered off on a little tangent, but uh, <laughs> I yeah, I, I, say, I do. Like, like, yeah, I everyone like, is against
0: journalist. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, this whole thing with... Um, yeah, trying to break even would be an absolute dream at this point. Cause at the moment mm. is very much... And I've said this many times before. It's just me paying to have friends. Like, I get to hang out with Bandit now, and it's just because <laughs> I pay him, so...
2: <laughs> I mean, in fairness, like, one of the projects that we have done i haven't accepted any money for
0: oh yeah no to be fair you're a you're a delight in the fact that i um i, I pay people for the articles and yeah everyone gives me free podcasting work which is fantastic but cause i definitely couldn't afford to be paying people for everything we do at the site especially
2: me and holly record because we record yeah, you guys are proficient we, we record <laughs> a lot i think i think we're technically episodes ahead of uh both gaming manifesto and red sun yeah
0: i you're not ahead
2: of Game and Manifesto in terms of episodes recorded. Yeah.
0: yeah, I don't think so. No, we're on like this is episode ten. Is this episode ten? Big number, is, big is ten. Te-
2: You're on four, aren't you? We've released four, but we've recorded seven, I think.
1: I I have to say I have yeah, as good as Manifesto is. I I said this to Callum when we were on a call three six. Slag off Manifesto. The, the funniest <laughs> moment I have heard from a commie Gamer podcast has been on. Uh, the Red yes. Scare, when Holly described herself as a horror anthology slut, and they laughed <laughs> so
2: much at that. I couldn't get over it. It was oh so God. funny. It was so out of the blue. Ho- Holly is... Uh, <laughs> me and Holly are Holly friends a in real life. Like <laughs> Holly met Callie through me. Um, I've known her for quite a long time. She is always, like, 300% funny. She is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> She's really good fun to work with. But, um, last night we spoke... Uh, like a time of recording last night, we spoke to Wendigoon, like the YouTuber. And hmm. in my head, I was panicking: Is he going to understand me and Holly because we are Northern English? He understood <laughs> us better than Callie does. <laughs> it's
0: mostly just sounds I hear. I right? <laughs> <laughs> mis- 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 <laughs> grunts from the north. Assume it's got me meaning behind it, but wh- whatever it is, I don't know. Somehow you won a competition today, though, so that's that's got to be good.
2: Yeah, th- 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 my. <laughs> My grunts and groans seem to win me in competition.
0: (laughs) They soaked (laughs) in.
2: Yeah, it worked.
0: Yeah, we actually... uh, um, There's now, in fact, yeah, quick plug, we've got merch of Horror Slut now, so... Yeah, we actually do. Check out the the Red Scare Horror Slut merch you can buy from our store. We got merch before Manifesto did. I don't know what to do. What am I gonna put? Just a picture of my face in fact, yeah, a picture of my face. That sound good. Let's go for that.
2: <laughs> I, I also requested when we, when we were speaking to Wendigoon yesterday that like he was the f- we're the first podcast he worked with outside of the US and we're the first Brits he's spoken to this way. So I asked for a, a t shirt saying we caught the Wendigoon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I'll not knock one of those up. Yeah. That means you got two shirts over me now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the horror the horror gamer dot com, I guess we're gonna have to change your commie horror. Yeah,
2: commie, like commie horror, commie comics, and then commie gaming is the overarching thing.
0: Yeah, it's always a bad choice to go with a commie thing in the first place. Everyone seems to hate us online for it, but <laughs> it, it, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, like the fascist gamer—that would be worse. Like objectively worse. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're definitely going to make more enemies if it was that than we do friends. Well, you, well, you say the fascist game out, right? I'm not
2: going to lie. As much as people don't like Karl Marx, he's more of a marketable figure than Hitler is. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah. So I think. Oh, I just. I think that's. We swear on this podcast. That's the first one. I think it's actually come out today. Which is no, actually. no, I've cursed quite... a few times. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, good. I, I thought I was breaking like a thing there. Like I was like, first episode we've ever done without sweat. No, no, I swore earlier. <laughs> Oh, good, good. <laughs> Just me behaving myself, I guess. Anyway, Adrian, we're going to wrap this up. Um, mm-hmm. So, thank you very much for coming on. I say we can find you over at Um yep. Obviously, everyone knows where you can find the rest of us. Uh, and... Yeah, if you ever wanna write for an actual yeah, you know, professional gaming co- magazine or anything, then yeah, go to IGN or <laughs> something like but if you ever if you ever wanna slum it, just give us a shout. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dos for Daniel.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.